0: From True Africa, I'm Claude Wienitzki, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're talking about fake news in Africa.
1: Even before the advent of social media, um, people used to spread fake news, and what has changed is the scale at which it is
2: happening now. The challenge today is that the fake news costs nothing, and it doesn't take long to put it in the public space.
3: In reality, it's it's really a political problem, because you can't fact check this information away.
0: Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans, and no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the. US. Department of State and the Scene Fire Foundation. Fake news is a problem in Africa. It can sway elections in Nigeria, stoke up ethnic hatred in Ethiopia, bolster business interests in South Africa. But censorship isn't necessarily the answer. It can play into the hands of repressive regimes. So how can we stop the spread of false and misleading information, yet still encourage free speech? We have three excellent guests. Editor Yalimpa is on the front line, fact-checking for readers. Journalist Anu Adeoye is offering an alternative with the entertaining and trustworthy Continent newspaper. While researcher Odanga Madung is behind the scenes, trying to reveal the mechanics of fake news and who really benefits. Our first guest is Samba Dialimpa, the editor-in-chief of the francophone section of the fact-checking organization Africa Check. He was formerly at the BBC. Like True Africa, Africa Check works with Facebook and Google. Our journalist Musang Gom spoke to him in Senegal.
2: Bonjour. Bonjour. This question affects every aspect of your profession. Is it possible to stop the spread of fake news? In my opinion, no, it's not possible. As technology makes it more and more easy, fake news will propagate even faster. We have to learn to live with it and have better, more adapted responses. But one can't resort to wishful thinking or lose time thinking that we can stop or block fake news. It's not possible. And how do you get verified news to audiences manipulated by fake news? What can media companies do? It's a complicated answer, and it depends on the type of media. I think, in the end, credible information has to be easily accessible. That's the first thing. I also think, and this isn't said enough, that the media needs to teach people about the media itself and explain to people how the news functions, how it is made, and the issues, so that people know where to turn for credible news but the challenge today is that the fake news costs nothing and it doesn't take long to put it in the public space so there is a clear imbalance and there is a whole lot of work to do by everyone is fake news in africa different to other parts of the world i don't know if there is a specificity to fake news itself but there is one regarding circulation and the whole ecosystem When information passes from one person to another, it changes. And when it passes from one language to another, it is a real problem. And if fact-checking is only done in French, then there will be a whole section of the population which won't be reached. Fact-checking is about facts, in a time that facts and opinions are often merged. What is the role of the media then? The role of the media is to explain things, this role is often missing. Journalists limit themselves to reporting and describing when they, are, when they should go further and explain things in detail, with context. You asked about African specificity. Well, there is that aspect. There is a proportion of the population that doesn't speak French well. Some aren't educated. And so to say simply something is true or false is okay. But if you don't explain it properly, people won't understand certain things and why it's true and why it's not.
0: Readers have a responsibility to question what they read. And journalists have a responsibility to fight fake news. I spoke to Anu Adeoye, a Nigerian journalist and part of the founding team of the Continent. It's a newspaper distributed on WhatsApp. It aims to offer an alternative to misinformation. Here is our conversation. Yeah, so can you explain what the Continent newspaper is and why you were part of the team that decided to launch this?
1: Uh thank you. Uh the Continent newspaper is a newspaper based in South Africa. And the the paper is designed to be shared and read on messaging apps. So that means it's designed to be shared on WhatsApp, it's it's designed to be shared on Signal, Telegram, and basically it's it's designed for, for mobile consumption. Around the time that the pandemic uh, began in 2020, uh, when we were all homebound, my former boss, Simon Allison, who is the founding editor-in-chief of The Continent, he and his co-founder, Sipo, decided that this was the time to start. And they reached out to me and a couple of other journalists who we were actually in South Africa at the time. Doing our masters at the at VIT University, and when the pandemic hit, and yeah. we had nothing to do, Simon reached out and said he was interested in bringing us on board uh, to join the uh, founding team of the continent, yeah. and that was how yes. I got involved in the project.
0: And and can you tell us a little bit about your correspondent in Tanzania and the continent's fight to stop fake news during the COVID epidemic?
1: Yeah, that was that was incredible. That was last year. Um, so. The Tanzania's former president, uh, the late uh, President John McFully, was uh, decided very early on in the pandemic that he was not going to shut down the country, uh, for economic reasons, but also for religious reasons, because he was a staunch, uh, he was a devout Christian, and he decided that, in his famous words, that coronavirus could not live in the body of Christ. And so he decided that right. um, the Fed- the Ministry of Health in Tanzania was going to stop reporting um, COVID figures, that, uh, and that COVID did not exist in the country. We had a correspondent in Tanzania who had been reporting for us, and he visited a number of hospitals in the country, and he talked to a a number of doctors in the country, and they were able to paint a a full picture of what the situation really was in the country, and that uh, COVID had taken a hold, despite the fact that the government was denying it. Uh, But we knew that reporting on COVID was very sensitive for reporters. Newspapers had been shut down, people had been arrested. We had to run their piece anonymously. But the 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 most interesting thing about uh, about that reporting was the fact that because it was designed because the continent is shared on WhatsApp, governments who usually try to uh, block access to reporting had no way to block this because it's it's shared from one person to another on their on their phone.
0: What do you think um, the role of social media should be? in stopping fake news from spreading?
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough one, right? I mean, I think that we, and by me, I mean pretty much everyone, we spend a lot of time um, focusing on how social media, um, <laughs> how f- fake news is spread on social media. And I think we might be focusing on the wrong thing, right? Because even before the advent of social media, um, people used to spread fake news and what has changed right right, is the scale at which it is happening now, right? Um, We see that a lot of fake news, particularly in Africa, is spread on WhatsApp, right? And for a lot of people in Africa, WhatsApp is the internet. It's where they conduct trade, it's where they talk to friends and family. And so one of the reasons why the continent exists is to fight misinformation in that same closed network, right, It's, it's to make sure that when you're forwarding something to your mom or your brother or your sister, you are forwarding genuine information that has been fact checked and edited by, by editors, by reporters, by correspondents.
0: Our third guest is Kenyan. Odanga Madung is a fellow at Mozilla, the US nonprofit which is dedicated to keeping the internet a global public resource. He co authored some fascinating research on how some Kenyan influencers who are verified on Twitter are getting paid to tweet and spread fake news for Kenyan politicians. Some of these influencers are even being paid by far-right organizations in Europe to spread their message. Here's our discussion. Do you actually think it's possible, and I think I know the answer, but do you actually think it's possible to stop the spread of fake news? Um, no. I, th- I think, uh, okay, so, I, I mean, it
3: depends. L- let's start here. Think about it this way. Yes, yeah. um, fake news has existed for the longest time. Yeah, you know, you've got yellow journalism um, in Kenya, we call it gutter press with some elements of misinformation and misleading information. So, you know, the, the, the fake news that we are talking about now is a very different animal from the fake news that was there before the internet existed. Propaganda used to be very hard to carry out. You know, platforms like Facebook have made that extremely easy for it to flourish.
0: But is it different in Africa versus other continents, say?
3: Mm. Of course, it's different because our populations, first of all, are polarized across, along different lines. We've got different internet connectivity penetrations,
0: right? Right. Um, we have low levels of education in many parts of Africa.
3: Not necessarily, um, but in some parts, yes, yes, low levels of education. But what we are learning is also edu- I mean, the U.S. is as educated as ever, but I mean, the West falls for fake news more than anyone else. Right. So I would say, <laughs> I would say I don't think education is the problem here. Okay, that's important to know. The West in general has just is just one of the most baffling things ever, um, which is why it's very important for these platforms to be very transparent about the kinds of impact their their algorithms and their features are having amongst the communities that they interact with from this side of the world because the truth is we cannot rely on the research that comes out of the US or or Europe um to determine how we interact as Africans with these platforms
0: um how do you think people can actually work out whether the news they are consuming is fake or not do you have any tips or strategies even
3: yeah Number one, it's not a silver bullet, but you should consume news from trusted sources.
0: So, what is a trusted source? Yeah, exactly. So that
3: comes out. That becomes the big problem because. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, um, and. Again, the, the so-called trusted sources are the ones that have brought about so, much, so many problems uh, when it comes to this specific debacle, right? But depending on what your media, I mean, for, for example, in Kenya, we have something called the Media Council of Kenya, right? You're looking for something that's been accredited, number one. Number two, consume from multiple sources, right? So if you have seen one piece of news, please just... Try and do some form of verification for yourself, and see if there's multiple, um, if there are multiple people that are reporting this on this specific thing. And number three, um, also, if you can, you know, try if you come across, for example, an image, you know, use the reverse search function. I think Google have tried to make it very easy for people to, um, for people to actually use that function to find out if the image they are seeing, they are seeing, has been doctored or not. And um, finally, just be critical of the things you see.
0: Well, going back to the issue of education, which was really insightful, do you think the average mm. citizen can do these things that you've just mentioned? It sounds a little bit complicated.
3: Well, yes, education counts, but only to a certain extent, because education cannot override socialization and belief systems. Yes, Our fake news problem is a political one. It's, it's not an education one, it's not a... It's not a, I would even say it's not an algorithmic one. It's sometimes, right? Um, The algorithms make the problem worse, but in reality, it's it's really a political problem. Yes. Because you can't fact check disinformation away. I mean, disinformation in many areas is an attempt to consolidate power because it just doesn't happen like that. It is by design that these things tend to spread. It's not as a result of a fault in the system.
0: We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. And we certainly won't get them when it comes to fake news. But one thing I know from talking to our guests is that Africa's potential is limitless. And we Africans are more than capable of countering the threat of fake news. Don't believe everything you read. Check the photos. Choose trusted sources. And think before you share. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash Limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Grinitsky. The Limitless podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation.